Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things art-related. This is episode 117, Hello 2021, recorded on January 13th, 2021. My name is Julie Faithfan Balzer, and with me is my co-host Eileen Shoebalzer. Hi, Mom. Hi, Julie. I think you have to say the title of this podcast as Hello 2021, like you're so excited to see it. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, what can I say? So mom and I are recording together. It has been actually one of the nice things about the pandemic has been that because we're so bubble-oriented, A, I see you like every other day pretty much at least, and B, we've recorded actually a number of podcasts in the same room, which I think has like a, it has a different feeling than recording it remotely, don't you think? Yes. Which is interesting because I know um, Terry Gross, who is the longtime host of Fresh Air, very famously refuses to be in the same room as any of her guests. She must be in a different room when she interviews them. And I think her argument for that has somehow always been that, like, since people are, are, that it is different when two people are in the same room and that people who are hearing it on the radio are having the same experience as being in a different room. And so somehow that is important to the interview. But it just seems weird to me because I feel like you have a different vibe in person. Well, I like to see your face. And what a lovely face it is. And your hand gestures. (laughs) But you know, you can do that stuff on Skype, and yet I still feel like it's somehow different in person. I don't like Skype um, or Zoom or any of those. I've been doing this thing all through the pandemic where, of course, a lot of meetings happen on Zoom, etc. But I have... I made a decision early on to never show my face. It's not It's not anything other than I just feel like it's abnormal to be sitting and just staring into the screen. Yeah, you have to be very at attention and like cuz everybody's yeah. like looking at you so there's no like doing this, doing that. I do like to also have my screen off, I have to say, cuz it's very performative otherwise. It's like performative listening. Well, and I like to multitask. And it, you know that there is no such thing as multitasking. What you're doing is several tasks at the same time, all less well than you would if you focused on a single well, task. Well, often one of the multitasking tasks is eating, and I oh. may be doing it less well, <laughs> but it's more satisfying than not eating. That's true. I believe they call that distracted eating, since we are, in, of course, in the resolution period of life right now. Many people have decided to focus on things like, you know, awareness and mindful eating and all that kind of stuff. And actually, I have to tell you, I think there is something about mindful creating. So bear with me with on this for one second. I read a lot of posts and other things from people where they talk about, oh, I made this while I was watching X show, or I did this while I was listening to Y, you know, podcast or something like that. And I totally do that. I love to listen to things while I'm working. But there is a totally different creative experience to me when I work in silence. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it is qualitatively different. I find that my focus is different when I am just, when there's just silence. Like I, somehow the project surrounds me in all my senses in a different way. Like I don't have, it is, I'm going to say mindful creating. I think that's a real thing. I like to have uh, music, um, but there are certain things where I really need to concentrate like mm-hmm. let's say preparing my taxes when mm-hmm. the mac the music is distracting so i think there is a high level of focus that you that I at least can only achieve if it's totally silent i find that i have a lot of trouble writing blog posts 
Um, when there's anything else going on, I really need it to be silent. Uh, you know, I don't, I think there's just part of my brain that requires total focus when writing. That's like the biggest thing. Even writing in my, um, daily journal, I can't do it when there's stuff going on. I need to like focus. I'm a silence writer. I used to be able to watch television and at the same time read the paper. Oh, this is like my whole childhood. I remember whenever there was the TV on, you had the newspaper. But uh, I've taken to turning off the TV. Maybe it's partly because the paper stuff I'm reading in the paper is very similar to what I'm watching on the TV. Mm -hmm. And I really don't need the back and forth. Or could it be... That you're just not as smart as you used to be. That's entirely possible. But since I started out so brilliant, <laughs> then there, then you I have a long ways long to go. You're still ahead of everybody. Go. Good That's job. Correct. Good job. Okay, so we wanted to talk about a whole bunch of 2021 stuff. Uh, 2021 stuff sounds so like futuristic, like my robot maid and you know my flying car. Oh my gosh, Steve was watching Back to the Future the other day. Uh, the part two one that's in the future, and it is something like around this time period. And of course, we don't have flying cars, so I feel very angry about that. But I'm going to live through it. Remember when that, was it that Prince song, 1984? Mm-hmm. And it seemed so distant? I believe that Prince song is I'm going to party like it's 1999. Is that it? I think so. Oh, I think well, 1984 is the this dystopian future book about Big That's Brother. That's true. Well, I can just say, since they're both in the past, <laughs> who cares? My future's so bright, I'm going to wear shades. That's all I know. That's still true. I still feel, I just feel that uh, uh, every so often, don't hold this against me, I will be writing a check, mm. and I will start to write the number one. Yes, for the year. I get that. I get that, you know. I mean, I haven't done that in a long time, but I understand it. Um, they say that time slows down as you age. So they did this test, which I've always loved, and I have certainly found to be true with my son, which is uh, they asked people, I think the youngest participant was five and the oldest was 90, and they put them in a room and said, come out after five minutes. Ah. Don't count. Don't, you know, just like after you feel like it's five minutes, come out. And what they found is on almost a perfect curve by age, the little kids were out in like 30 seconds and older people uh, sat to up to a half an hour. And it was people sort of in their midlife who most accurately were able to guess huh. what five minutes was. So time actually does move differently as you age or your perception of time moves differently as you age. And I thought that was fascinating. Well, I can tell you when I'm scrolling on my phone, time flies by <laughs> without my realizing it. I have put a, uh, you know, you can put all sorts of limits on apps about how long you can use them. I've put an hour a day limit on Instagram because otherwise I will mindlessly scroll it. So, like, I need to get in, do my business, and get out, which uh, is easier said than done. I hit the limit quite often, which I'm always surprised at because I think... I don't have an hour of free time to give away to something like that. And yet, apparently, every you single do. day, I do. do. Imagine if I didn't have the limit. Um, so, I mean, speaking of, like, the limit on my phone, that kind of leads us into resolution period. I know you're not a super resolution person, but what is something 
that you are uh, planning for, thinking of, hoping for, wishing for, knowing is going to happen in 2021? What's your 2021 resolution-ish? I, I told you this because I actually made it at the end of 2020, which was to listen to people without thinking about how I'm going to respond because it's not about me. Instead, try to listen to what they're actually saying. I'm actually saying and... that you're old. No, okay, yes, I'm listening. I, I got that. <laughs> well, I think that's... And how did you do in 2020 at that? You mean in the last 13 days? Well, didn't you say that you were... This is 2021. Yeah, but I didn't have to start it until oh, January 1st. Oh, you didn't have to start it until... I see. I see. Okay, well, how how's that been going? Have you been listening well, a lot? Well, it's more about catching myself. Especially since a lot of the conversations I've been having are at a distance, right? They're on the phone, for example, or on FaceTime. So you have a tendency during those to be thinking about what you're going to say, and even under normal circumstances. So I'm try- trying to well, I also think be I, aware of it, at least. I think some of the pandemic, what the pandemic has done, at least I've noticed, is that like... We, you don't have those normal interactions and conversations where you would talk about things that are on your mind with someone, especially you live by yourself. Steve says that I come down from the studio and I just have like 1,000 ideas that I have to tell him all at once every single time I come down. And like if I didn't have him, I don't know where I would dump that stuff. And I think that is one of the things that happens is you find yourself wanting to like share all the ideas in your head and it becomes very hard to listen. Quality, not quantity, Julie. I've got a lot of ideas in my head. <laughs> Uh, so, um, some of the things that I've been thinking about resolution wise, I'm trying to develop a more regular sketchbook practice. I've always been an itinerant sketchbook user. It's like I go and I go in bingy phases with it where I will and I won't and I will and I won't. And I'm trying to make it more of a regular thing. The problem that I have discovered, um, which is a problem oftentimes. So, okay, this is going to sound like I'm digressing, but I'm actually on point. But here is the beginning of what sounds like a digression. So I, I'm a member of the Cambridge Artists Association, and they recently sent out a survey asking if you'd be interested in being part of like an artist focus, uh, like artists, uh, I don't know what they call it, an affinity group. Um, and so they said, like, pick what your main medium is. And I looked at this list of mediums and I was like, yes, 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 yeah. And I was like, this is impossible. How can I pick, you know, a medium because I like to yes I like to draw yes I like to paint with acrylics yes I like to use watercolor yes I'm a printmaker yes I like to do mixed media yes I'm into collage yes you know and it was like well I mean I'm not a photographer fine I'm not a sculptor okay but like for the most part it was amazing how much stuff I was like yes book binding yes you know um and which actually brings me to my point which is I have a lot of projects of things that I want to do regularly I think partially because I have so many disciplines I'm interested in so I have this ongoing project life which for people who don't know is um a pocket scrapbooking thing where every week I do a spread a 12 by 12 spread um in little pockets of photos and words and you know thoughts from each week so that's that's a project that has to happen I keep my art journal every day which is not always daily but is usually daily and I'm trying to now bring a sketchbook practice into it and a sketchbook and an art journal are different the very quick version I did a blog post about this last week but the very quick gist of it is for me an art journal is like a place for play and fun and personal rambling diary like thoughts 
And a sketchbook is a place to like purposely go to explore ideas. It's more like a workbook, a laboratory, a uh, series of like a, a notes that you would take to to be Just able to as refer a digression. back to. Yes. When you said diary-like, mm -hmm. I, I heard diarrhea-like. Oh. Also, a color diary-lite, which is spelled like D-I-A-R-Y-L-I-T-E, by the way. Really? Interestingly, yes. Yeah. Diary-lite yellow, I think, or diary-lite purple. Uh, but anyway, we, that's way digressing now. <laughs> um, no, but I was thinking that actually it's not incorrect that... You use your art journal to write a lot of things that you then unload from your psyche. Yeah. Uh, so. It is. That's my person so that I talk wrong. to. Yeah. Um, but that, but I think like there are a number of these different projects I want to do and, and bringing up the, sort of the rear of this now is I also, the hundred day project is starting really early. Normally, I think it starts in March, but they're starting it on January 31st. For people who don't know what the 100-day project is, essentially, it's exactly what it sounds like. You pick a project to do for 100 days in a row, um, and people all over the world do it. And I've seen, you know, 100 days of random acts of kindness, 100 days of notes to myself, 100 days of body positivity. A lot of them are art projects because it was started by an artist, you know, so 100 days of watercolors, 100 days, some people get super specific, 100 days of paintings of my dog, you know, 100 days of watercolor pencil, 100, it's, but usually the intention, I think, is to take a deep dive into something you'd like to get better at, right? Do you feel like you're not good at drawing faces? Do 100 days of faces. Do you feel like you're not good at, you know, whatever it is? So in the past, I did 100 days of art tweets which was when I felt like I didn't sort of get Twitter and how to use Twitter, so I wanted to tweet every day for 100 days. And what I discovered is I don't really like Twitter, so that, that was a good 100 days, actually. I did 100 days of 15-minute uh, balls or faces, which was exactly what it sounds like, which is I was at a timer for 15 minutes, and I made and wherever the, I ended on the face in that 15 minutes, that was it. I did 100 days of gelatin prints, which was really fantastic, and that actually is, I would say, not totally the basis, but it's a major reason why I decided to teach this year of gelatin printing class, because I discovered how deep and wide gelatin printing was, even more so than I had believed. The thing that I've always loved about gelatin printing is that it's such an easy entry point. You can never have done any art, and you can play with a gelatin plate and fall in love. In fact, I did some corporate training last fall and just all these people who are not artists who had never touched a gelatin plate had the time of their lives making jelly prints absolutely loved it and so while that is true you can also spend years and years and a long time trying to master it to get the results you want so it's one of the things again that I love about stamp carving and many other things which is easy entry point where you can be successful right from the beginning and yet deep and complex and really interesting, uh, full of questions and, you know, things to explore that really allows you to spend time developing your skills to get better, to get more, to go deeper and all that kind of stuff. So I've constructed this whole year long, it's actually 13 months, it's a baker, baker's dozen year 
um, of uh, classes uh, which take you through the process of getting better and better and better and better and better and more and more complex as you go. And so that was really uh, where a lot of that came out of. So this year for the 100J Project, one of the problems, it's not a problem, but one of the aspects of the 100-day project is that it's performative, meaning you are meant to post about it every day, whatever you do. So, you know, I have this sort of sketchbook resolution and I had kind of vaguely thought maybe I should do 100 days of sketchbooking, but I was like, I don't want to share my sketchbook. Like one of the reasons I like my sketchbook is because it's almost 100% private. Like I rarely show those pages. It would, it feels like showing someone my underwear drawer, which is, there's nothing wrong with underwear. Everybody wears underwear. I mean, I don't know that everybody wears underwear. <laughs> so I guess I should take that back. Making but a like, leap there. Okay, everybody knows what underwear is, and most people have an underwear drawer. And, like, it's not like you don't go to a store and see underwear and, like, blah, 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 blah. But there's something weird about showing your underwear drawer. It feels invasive, at least to me. I'm sure there are people out in the world who show their underwear drawer, and good for you. Uh, as they say, good for you, not for me. Um so I decided that I don't feel like that can be it. So I've been, um, I take a walk almost every day with the baby. And so I started to feel uh, more attached to the outdoors than I have probably in my whole life. I've been a city dweller for most of my adult life. Um, you know, where there's very little, or the outdoors that there is is made of concrete and glass. Um, and so it's been really nice to kind of have a different connection to nature. So I'm kind of feeling like I want to do something nature related. I haven't sort of drilled down on it yet because one of the things that I have discovered over time about making a daily project manageable, and some of this actually comes from sort of happy housewife tips you've given me over the years, right? Uh, is that things have to be easy or you won't do them right? And they have to be time manageable or you won't do them. So it's like, and you always like, you come to my kitchen, you hate the way our kitchen is organized. You say it's not logical. Right. Right. So, uh, and that gets into actually part of the ease of doing a daily project, which is it needs to be easy and logical and you need to have all the supplies right there. And it has to not be something that you're searching for. And it needs to be something that's not like, you know, frustrating and yet at the same time is challenging in some way. So that's sort of a complicated idea. It has to be very, very time manageable. You've always said to me, like, if it will take you less than five minutes to do it, do it now. Period. I don't, I don't think you do that. I you don't. I don't that. always listen to it. But I did hear it. It's rattling around in my brain somewhere. But that's why I have often put a time limit on things. Like when I, just after I had the baby... And I was doing Carve December. I put a 15-minute limit, you know what I mean, on all of my carbs. Because I just thought there's no way if I make it go longer than that. Because every day I had half an hour to do it. Every day you have a half an hour somewhere, right? Um, so anyway, all that is to say I'm trying to think of what is going to be easy, easy to organize, accessible. I don't have to think about. I mean, one of the nice things is I'm not traveling, which has often been a consideration in my 100-day project. And this year, I really just don't have to think about that. So that's kind of nice. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of noodling on it. So you haven't actually picked it. I haven't picked it. But the thing is, I got till the end of the month, January 31st. I mean, I'd like to pick it at least like a couple days beforehand so I can. 
I find it easiest to have a kit, right? I make myself a little kit. So like when I was doing 100 Days of Gelatin Printing, I have my gelatin plate, my brayer, my paint, you know, and then a couple of this other supplies that I like to use with it, but they're all on my desk, right at my fingertips. I don't have to look for them. I don't have to think where they are. I don't have to, you know, where's my paper? Where's my this? It's all there. So like if I decided to do nature prints, then I would want to make sure that I had everything that I needed in a little kit ready to go. Do I need to order more paper? Do I need to get more of this? Do I need to, you know what I mean? So that's why I would kind of like to figure it out a little bit before, um, but I'm kind of circling a couple different ideas. First, I will say that I read an article uh, about the pandemic quarantine, which said that many people have rediscovered nature. Mm. Because if you're stuck in your house, apartment, whatever, it's one of the few ways to go somewhere where you're not always rubbing up against other people. And here you're watching something that's not happening in your own living space. So you're not the only one. Um, and I thought I was so unique. Dash. The older I get, the less unique I think I am. <laughs> I think that's true. There's no problem that I have that somebody else hasn't had and maybe figured out. Which is also comforting because you can usually Google it. Yeah, it's true. Or you can at least find solidarity with other people or the sense that like you're not alone in the world I mean the thing about the internet again this is the good bad right thing about the internet that's so great is that if you are you know going through a terrible divorce with little kids and the whole thing do you know what I mean then there's somebody else you can connect with who's going through the same thing who can help you and give you advice on the other hand if you're a homicidal maniac and you like killing people you can probably find somebody on the internet who also feels that way who eggs you on so it's kind of like uh, not always good sometimes good you still didn't give us what your resolution is though your hundred oh. days is not the same <laughs> as your resolution no so I, I want to make my sketchbook practice more regular that's a resolution I also I don't know if you recall this but there's this thing called well you do know what sheep fest is sheep fest happens every year in the neighboring town here um and it's a big uh fun festival there's food and there's all sorts of handcrafts made with yarn and wool obviously because it's sheep fest and they do sheep shearing and they show you how like the dogs round up the sheep and all kinds of stuff it's it's lots of fun very interesting um and so I think maybe three years ago, possibly even four years ago, there was a woman who was doing rug hooking and it was so awesome and fun and it looked so easy and I bought a kit from her. Haven't opened it, have you? That kit is sitting in my to-do drawer and I have not opened it and not because I don't want to, but because it's one of those things where I feel like I'm going to take it out and then I'm going to want to do it start to finish and I have so many unfinished projects, should I really start it? So anyway, so one of my resolutions is I'm going to do that this year. Huh. It's coming out. I'm going to make a little cute rug. And then if I get into a rug hooking phase, I'll have to add that to my list of things that I'm interested in. Or I'll discover that I hate rug hooking. But either way, it's getting done. If memory serves me, it's a mermaid. But I can't totally is remember. Is it about the size of a, like, doormat? That's yeah, I think it's like maybe, yeah, like I was thinking, I think it's like table mat e size, oh, like a okay. place mat e size, okay. even smaller than a doormat. But yeah. I'm not, I don't totally remember is the problem because it's at the bottom of a drawer. It definitely, it definitely moved from the old house to this house 
it definitely maybe was in the old house for a long time. I'm trying to remember if it was pre-Steve, which would really make it old. But I can't recall now. Anyway, I do remember the t-shirt of the woman who sold it to me said, I'm a hooker. Because she's a rug hooker. <laughs> anyway, as someone who has aprons that say, I'm a dirty girl, I appreciate a little bit of, you know, off-color humor here. Um, so those are my two major sort of art resolutions in terms of what I am thinking about for 2021. I, I have sort of, I like to have like an achievable goal and kind of a stretch goal. So for me, the achievable goal is the rug hooking. I hope it's the achievable goal because that will happen. And the stretch one is the making the sketchbooking practice regular just because I'm, it's hard to figure out how to layer in a new daily or hoping to be pretty daily do you know what I mean thing to your list of to do's especially when you live in triage land like I do where if it bleeds it leads and we are always in an emergency situation running 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 is it that baby that baby again? that baby again I have to say uh I feel like the best thing about him turning one, besides the fact that he is the cutest human being on earth, and I know everybody says that about their child, but I'm sorry to tell you that you're wrong. He's the cutest. Uh, is that uh, I feel like Steve and I have found our equilibrium a little bit more in terms of childcare, in terms of, you know, uh, so for example, the baby has not been sleeping well, and we just now have an easy system. Like if it is... In the middle of the night, it's me. If it's post 5 a.m., it's him. And so the system works because we just each know when we're getting up and then the other one gets to sleep when the other one gets up. So everybody kind of gets six hours somehow, you know, and like that has really worked. I think we have much more of an equilibrium in terms of like, I don't feel quite as guilty. Uh, I still feel some guilt, but I don't feel as guilty when I say to him, I need you to take the baby this afternoon. I have to get you know, I have to get like three hours of stuff done and you just have to take him, you know, where I think I used to feel a lot of guilt about asking for that time. Um, so you feel a lot of guilt about asking for a lot of things, actually. I blame my mother. Do you I really? think that she made me feel I'm like so I wasn't <laughs> entitled to ask for things. Um... But yeah, I do. I do feel a lot of guilt asking for things. I've always been a person. I have a lot of, I don't have any trouble giving help to people. I have a lot of trouble asking for help. And I still remember it. And I will tell this story to everyone who will listen because I think it's really important. So after I, when I was in the midst of getting divorced, I went to therapy. And I went through a phase, which I think a lot of people do, who went, who get divorced, where they just say, I don't want to meet someone new. It's like a lot of pain and not a lot of fun. And like, they just know, right? And I said to my therapist, I was like, why would I want to get into a new relationship? You know, it just be someone who wants to be taken care of and I have to take care of them and deal with all their crap. And like, I just, I don't want to do it. And she said, you know, there are a lot of men out there who are not big babies who need to be taken care of, who in fact are caretakers, who in fact are people who wants to take care of but if they meet you and you present yourself as so capable so not needing to be taken care of that they're not it's not a fit whereas if you present yourself as so you know put together and so being able to take care of other people then what you find is someone who needs to be taken care of so you are essentially attracting the person that you don't want by refusing to allow other people to take care of you 
So that started off a lot of work on myself, which I did. And I have to say the greatest thing is Steve is a caretaker 100%. And I do think that a lot of why that's possible is because I worked on myself to allow myself to be taken care of so that I would attract somebody who was a caretaker. And let me tell you, it's really nice to be the flower instead of the gardener. <laughs> Well, Although I, I said, think the relationship you works because it's both ways. You have to switch back and forth. Yes. Yeah, you can't always be the gardener. You can't always be the flower. But I like being the flower. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, and I think like that is true of a lot of things in life that I think you can actually extrapolate out from that, which is if you are struggling with developing a new skill, maybe it's time to ask yourself like, okay, why am I having trouble with this? Am I approaching it from the wrong angle? Am I trying to do this, do you know what I mean, in a way that is not conducive actually towards my end goal or towards what I actually want to have happen? And so I think a lot of times, and you and I have discussed this a lot, one of the reasons that I'm attracted to art as a career, as a profession, as something that I love to teach is because it has so many problems <laughs> <laughs> it has so many problems to solve and I love solving problems. I find it just intellectually fascinating to say like, this is the problem. How can I solve it? And so I think a lot of times people don't take the time to ask themselves that question. You know, you know what I should do? What should you do? I should do a hundred days of unsolicited advice where I just solve people's <laughs> problems that they didn't know that they had. Boom. Done. Um, but I think it's, I, I You'd think... be taking my life from me, though, <laughs> because that's my entire life. Unsolicited advice. You guys, I can say for real that that is her life. Um, so my favorite thing, I'm just going to tell a story about mom, is in the pre-pandemic days when we would go to a restaurant and you know how the waiter comes over and says, how was everything? And like, you pretty much say, great, thanks. You know, and that's kind of it. Mom likes to go into a detailed rundown of what was good and bad, what should be changed, and potentially how, very specifically. Uh, and there's always kind of a moment where some waiters are open to it, some are kind of confused by it, some are horrified. Uh, but it's always, it's one of the moments that is probably benign and non-memorable non in most people's lives is that the waiter comes over to say, how was everything? And I think for me and my brother and, and possibly our significant others who know about this, it is a moment of terror when the waiter <laughs> comes over to say, how was everything? And so most of us try to mutter very quickly, it was great, thanks, bye. <laughs> Don't ask if you're insincere. <laughs> It's true. It's very true. Why Why on earth should they ask if they don't really want no, to know? No, I mean, I don't, like, when someone says, how are you? I don't go into a long thing of how I am. Right. I understand. It's a perfunctory, it's yeah. just a formal way of greeting each other. But if a waiter comes over and asks me, and I am paying for the experience, I would assume that my opinion as a customer should be valued. There you go. I think it is very valued. Yeah. I think it is very valued, always. I certainly enjoy your opinion all the time. Um, so, uh, so I was going to say, I think like one of the things we said we were going to focus on in this 2021 episode was just sort of like, what are some things that are, uh, we talked about our resolutions, we talked about some other things. What's something that you're looking forward to? Obviously, getting out of the house and actually 
seeing another person, touching another person. Not that am I not, not another that person? touching you and seeing you hasn't been great, but I'd like a little more variety. Well, I mean, we, we gave you a baby, so that could be even more and fun. And I've been there touching them a lot. Yes. Oh, today for the first time, Mom came over and he fed her... He fed her some cheese from his plate. Well, I always do this thing with him where I pretend I'm taking his food, and sometimes mm -hmm. I, I will eat the food off his tray, mm -hmm. which sort of surprises him. But today, without any preamble, he just picked up a little thing of cheese and stuck it in my mouth. There you go. So he knows. Grandma comes over. She's hungry. She wants your food. I thought it was like a very nice kind of... Vote of confidence. Yes. A vote of friendship. And this goes with what you told me yesterday on the phone, which mm -hmm. is you thought that you and Steve both felt that he had suddenly awakened into a new phase. Yeah, he feels much more like he has a personality and he's like aware of what's going on and he's sort of thinking things more deeply. Yeah. I think he's like, he definitely seems like he actually understands some of the things we're saying now. He doesn't necessarily, he's obstinate, so he doesn't necessarily do the things we say, but like he looks at items when you name them now in a way that he never used to. And that's really exciting. I think language is a wonderful um, awakening. This is actually, okay, well, I know I relate everything back to art, but that's because I think everything in life relates back to art, which is part of the reason I'm an well, artist, Well, and this is a podcast about art. We don't Fair. all want to hear about everything that your child does. But he's so cute. Okay, anyway, uh, so, uh, one of the things in boot camp that I talk a lot about is I talk to people about how you can't fix something until you can name it. You have to have the words. You have to have the language. Language and words are so powerful. And in the design bootcamp, part of what that is is about giving you the language and the words so that you can talk about it and so that you can fix it. And I think when I see in him, in my son, this developing awareness of language, it even more reinforces those ideas about how powerful language is in shaping you and in allowing you to control uh, and make sense of your world. You know, those things are important. They matter. Anyway, that's not really a digression. That should be like my mantra. Words matter. They do. It's true. Um, so something I am looking forward to in 2021 is... Oh, did I ask? Thank you for asking. Uh, I would be happy to tell you. Uh, besides the fact that I, too, would like to get out of the house, I really want to take the baby to other places and other things like that. I am looking forward to soon he's going to be at the age where he can start using, like, crayons and, like, markers and stuff. And I think that's going to be really fun. I hope that he likes making art. Um, but something I'm really, really looking forward to in 2021 is I, you know, I... You work on these online classes, or at least I work on these online classes, for months and months and months. I think people don't always realize how involved it is. I did a, uh, a vlog. So I do these studio vlogs for uh, my higher-level monthly members. And I did one recently that was about putting together the Carb December class. And one of the comments that somebody left is, Are you sure you're charging enough for these classes? Because when you actually see the vast amount of work that goes into it, it's kind of amazing and overwhelming. It's, it's months and months and months of work and planning and thought and doing things over and editing and fixing and yada, yada, yada. So anyway, this year-long gelatin printing class that I am you know, have been working on, that I am working on, that I probably feels like I'll be working on until I die, um, I 
I'm really excited to have students start coming through because to I, you know this because I keep texting you pictures of things where I'm like, look at this that I made, look at this that I made, look at this that I made. I am a sharer and I love the sharing and I love the, one of the reasons I think I love teaching and that I enjoy coaching and all that kind of stuff is because I love the spark of excitement in somebody's eyes when they figure it out, when they get to make it, when they have that moment. And so I am very uh, excited to finally add students to the mix because I think that will change, you know, how the class feels. I've actually been feeling like I don't want to finish the last few classes, the, um, you know, November, December, January, February last classes of 2021 and 2022. That's how long this class is. Um, because I kind of want to see what the students add and where they're at. Do you know what I mean? To kind of figure out where some of that stuff needs to be. So we'll see. I've dabbled into it a little bit. I can't help myself. But anyway, um, so that's my big excitement for 2021. Uh, besides touching people, I'm just going to walk up to random people and touch them. It's going to be like that kind of thing, isn't it? I feel like I'm <laughs> desperate to shake somebody's hand or to, you know... Go and browse and target. I want to eavesdrop. I want to eavesdrop. I love eavesdropping. There's nothing I like more than sitting somewhere and listening to someone else's conversation. It's very hard now. It is hard. Very hard now. And, like, I want to just randomly decide to, you know, do something spontaneous. I feel like one of the things the pandemic has removed is spontaneity. There is very little ability to just be like, oh, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. You want to grab a, you know, or hey, you know what I mean? Why don't we go to this today? Or why don't we, you know what I mean? There's just none of it. You have to plan everything like an army sergeant. Do you have your hand sanitizer? Do you have your mask? Do you have your backup mask? Do you have your this? Do you have your that? Do you, you have know? a backup mask? Got well, you. the baby ripped, has actually ripped the ear thing out of my uh, mask a couple times because he doesn't, he just pulls at it and he doesn't know any better. And so... Yes, I have a backup mask. And also because he touches it so much, I don't really want yeah. him touching a dirty mask. So, yes, I have a backup mask. You know, it's interesting because you had the baby coincidentally with the quarantine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I planned it that way, but Well, yes. but what I'm saying is <laughs> some of the lack of spontaneity can is also be too. having this baby. It is, but but that's also like we we don't take the baby indoors anywhere. So it's like if if you want to go to CVS, you don't just pop the baby in the carriage and go to CVS. It's like Steve, can you take the baby? I need to go to CVS. Or when are the next time you're going to CVS? Let's make a master list and make sure that we have it on the schedule. Or I mean, so it's like everything really is an ordeal. It's not even just small stuff. So yes, I think the baby certainly means I'm not like doing quite as much popping in and out, but I think there is a lot of pandemicness about it too. I like the pandemic because the baby's cute and the pandemic's not. Okay, so uh, we should do some recommendations because that feels like a good 2021 thing. And I know you have, you're just bursting with recommendations today. You've got two. I've two got two, but they're connected in a bizarre way. In a bizarre way? Well, in a not obvious way. So the first one is an article from um, The New Yorker, which is called um, How El Anatsui Broke the Seal on Contemporary Art. And he is a Ghanaian artist. Uh, and 
I profess ignorance about his work, although it, I may have seen some without realizing it. But it's a, it's a fascinating article, and he's a fascinating man, and I, I would like to see some of his art. Uh, and the related article, which is superficially doesn't seem like it, is from the, um, from NPR, and it's where are the women uncovering the lost works of female Renaissance artists? And what I think the relationship is is that there are plenty of people making art under all kinds of circumstances in all kinds of places. But because they don't get written up and covered by our Western slash European press, we don't really know much about them. And so in our minds, we sort of think that this void is just a void and that there isn't any art there. And, of course, there is. So I think these two articles are very interesting together. But I... and. I also think I learned something from both of them. So I'll just say about Ellen Atsui that one of the things he does, he makes these giant sculptures from all kinds of found objects, model caps, etc. Um, one of the things I like is that when he ships stuff to museums, he leaves it up to them often to figure out how to display them and, you know, what shape they might take. So his idea is that the art is never done. Which is so interesting because so many artists are so controlling about their art to the point of, like, mm -hmm. if you buy a piece of their art, they come to your house and decide where it's going to be installed right. and, like, you can't sell it. And it's just a very different idea about art, and I like that a lot. Anyway, I think these two articles are both very interesting, and they make me realize that I have to search a little harder to find interesting artists. Yeah, beyond what is always the mainstream. Of course, they say as soon as any mainstream publication writes about it, it's so passe, <laughs> so over. Uh, okay, so we're going to stay on a reading theme. Uh, I have always been a fan of our local library, but I am even more so right now. I One of my bad habits is I am a book buyer, I am a book buyer. I know it's not really like a bad, bad habit, but I just like buy books. And it's like, it sounds interesting. It has a pretty cover, blah, blah, blah whatever. And one of the things that I love about the, that I've been doing lately to try to become a more conscious consumer is I try to get the book from my library. And what's so nice now in the pandemic is they really, the library network is working overtime. So like Basically, anywhere in our library's network in the state, if the book exists, it can come to my local library for me to grab. So I've been doing a lot of sort of reconnaissance missions on books where I order a ton of books from the library and I look through them and I see which ones I want to keep forever and which ones are kind of like, well, that was nice. I'm glad that exists. And it has saved me a lot because there's often been like the other day I picked up a book from the library that I was super excited about. Honestly, I sat down. It felt like a first date where like, you know, you're so excited after reading the person's profile and you think this is like a match made in heaven and you've already like built your dream house together and you've imagined what your children look like. And then like I sat down with the book for five minutes and I was like, hard no, bad book, no. And I was so glad that I hadn't bought it. It was a coffee date and it was not a, coffee a dinner. date and not yeah. a dinner date. Thank God I was able to walk away. 
Uh, so that was, has been really good for me. So if you, and by the way, during the pandemic, I will say libraries are, uh, at least around here, are going above and beyond. They're delivering books, they're, you know, curbside pickup where you just drive up and they put it in your trunk, no contact. There's all sorts of great stuff. And lucky for you, they've canceled fines. Yes, they canceled. I'm bad about returning library books on time. Um, so I really say go check out your local library. They have tons of arts and craft books, um, usually in the network. My local doesn't always have the ones I want, but I can usually find them elsewhere and it's been great. And then as a result, I bought a bunch of books because I auditioned them and I like them. Okay. So that's my rec. Uh, anything else that you would like to add about 2021 before we go? I feel like 13 days in, it's not really had a chance. Come on. 13 days in has already been a pretty epic 2021, but let's not discuss it. Okay, so uh, as always, you can find me at juliabalzer.com or on Instagram as Balzer Designs. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we are on Spotify. You can subscribe to us there. We are on Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, we really hope that you will mention us to a friend or on your social media or something like that, write a review. All that stuff helps other people find the show which is so nice, and we appreciate that so much. You can find all of my online classes at bolzerdesigns.com. And thanks so much for listening and subscribing. We'll talk to you the next time on the Adventures in Arting podcast. <laughs>